Welcome to the Open Door Policy Podcast. In each episode, we speak with all types of joyful missionary disciples who are unleashing the gospel in different and exciting ways. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share our podcast with your family and friends. In this episode, we sit down with the Director of Priestly Vocations, Father Joe Horn. Welcome, Father Horn. Danielle. Hey! hey. He's here, too. He just didn't say anything. <laughs> there he is. All right. Daniela, any grace you want to share with us? Um, yeah, I do. I was, you know, I just had a, a really interesting grace this past weekend. A friend called me. Yeah, just because the friend was going through a hard time, which doesn't sound like a grace, but it was a grace to like really accompany with her, um, accompany her on that. And I was, uh, I was in Meyer, and she was talking to me and. I, if I didn't like start praying in the gluten-free aisle, man, I was like, all right, you know what we really need to do is just bring Jesus into this situation, bind and cast a few spirits. It's fine. So I'm like, I hope no one's listening to me. <laughs> gluten-free prayers. Amen. What about you? Anything amazing? Yeah, you know, today I had lunch with uh, a coworker who I've just known a couple of times, but hadn't gotten to know real well. We took the time to get together for lunch and it was a real grace just hearing about his life, sharing my life with him. Uh, it's always cool to see how God's working in different people's lives. And so we got Father Joe Horn here to talk about that as well. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Are you ready for rapid fire questions? I think I am. Okay, get ready. Deep breath. Here's the first <laughs> here's the first one. What is your superpower? Oh, my superpower. Love. Oh, nice. What do you remember about church as a kid? Altar serving. Oh, cool. What scent elicits an instant memory for you? My dad's um, Old Spice. Nice. Old Spice means quality, said the captain to the bosun. So Would you rather have it be 100 degrees and humid or negative 10 degrees? Negative 10. Hey, what are you praying for these days? Vocations. Nice. What was, what was the first concert you ever went to? I hate to say it, the cars. My sister had free tickets and she <laughs> took us to the cars. You might think I'm crazy. What's the most beautiful church you visited? I think the cathedral in Krakow was beautiful. What item of clothing would someone be surprised to find in your closet? A chasuble, probably. <laughs> uh, and what, uh, what class could you teach, Father Joe? What class could I teach? Uh, spirit direction. Awesome. Thanks. That, that's it. You did all of the questions. Did I? Yeah. Really? Great work. Yeah. So Amazing. when you were a kid, you were an altar server. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. What do you remember? Well, I remember asking mom and dad to let me be one early on. And we were never on time for mass. Mm. So it was kind of a real struggle for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember always uh, walking in like maybe two minutes late. Yeah. And uh, Brother Fidelis would smack me. You're like the cat's tail. I go, what do you mean? You're the last thing in the room. Like, you know, okay, so anyway. Uh, I, I haven't learned a thing since then. <laughs> Your dad wore Old Spice? Yeah, and all the time. Do you you smell it in, like, Think other people who wear it now? Oh, yeah, yeah. And now they brought it back. Like It's in shampoo, head and shoulders. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the new go-to swagger and all that. So Any, like, particular thing about uh, that memory that it calls to mind? Just, it would always be like on an occasion where mom and dad were going out. Mm-hmm. And so that meant that we were going to stay home and have popcorn. Yeah. yeah. And, and watch movies. You yeah. Know, and be babysat by someone fun. Yeah. <laughs> Besides so mom and true. dad. Now, when did you last go to Poland? Uh, and Or when did you first go to Poland? When did you see uh, this beautiful it was, church? It was, um, 
2011 was the last time we went for the uh, the Congress, the World Congress on Divine Mercy. Oh wow! And I went with the Divine Mercy Center, and so we we attended as a as a, a group, taking notes, learning, growing. And are you Polish? My mom is 100% Polish. So you're Polish too. I'm then. I'm yeah. 50% Polish. All right, cool. There's some German and French going on, but mostly Trabian. Polish. Uh, no Irish, sorry. Do you like the cold weather, or do you just like it better than the I extreme just am hot? more comfortable in cold weather than steaming hot weather. Huh. I I have soaked clothes. I hate soaking clothes. You and know? you're wearing black. Right. And so, like, and then the salt shows color, up. Isn't it? Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> That's the problem. So, the, the first concert you went to, you went to with your sister. Yeah. Was it cool or not even cool? I, I learned a, a lot of new things. Things uh. that, like, you know, young kids go, what? what? What is that smell? You know? So, yeah, lots of stuff. Tell me about your superpower, love. I don't well, know. I just, I, I, like I, yeah, right. This is not Austin Powers. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, it, it seems like that is what is underneath everything I, I try to do, right? Mm-hmm. It strengthens all that we try to accomplish, and it's, I think it's a worthy, worthy superpower, man. You do it well, right? Yeah. Amen. Change the world. Thanks be to God. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Father Joe, what recently, in the last year or so, how has God been working in your life? Well, you know, in our lives, uh, tragedy can happen, mm. and it's hard to handle it sometimes. You, you, you swim through, you try to make it, you know, uh, make sense. Uh, and so this year uh, was the first anniversary of my sister's uh, passing, mm. and wow. it was difficult. It wasn't easy. It was uh, alcoholism. And anyway, uh, I didn't realize that I was carrying around a lot of unspent, undealt with anger. Yeah. You know how that's one of the stages, right? Right. And I remember going into prayer, and I just remember kind of being angry with God. And the surprising way in which he led me kind of through that. And it was just a, a beautiful image. He, um, I was praying. I was on my, my eight-day canonical retreat. Yeah. And one of the most beautiful things, like a, an image of Christ on the cross, and I was just trying to, I don't know, like complain to him, like, why mm-hmm. am I carrying this around? Can't I just get over this? And he's like, you'll never forgive, Joe, unless you let me do it through you. You need mm. me to forgive. And I'm like, well, all right, I, I'm inviting you. I let you, right? Mm-hmm. This is something I want you to do for me. Uh, and he says, well, then climb up here. I'm like, onto the cross? Onto the, uh, yeah, up by him, right? Yeah. And he says, I want you to, to drink from my side. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Guys don't do this. He goes, no, come on up. If you want to forgive, if you want to really be free, you need what I am going to give you. Mm-hmm. And so I tried crawling up, you know, and uh, I got on the cross beam, but I was um, hanging too low like to reach up to his side. And he goes, no, 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 put your arms around my neck. Hmm. I'm like, I am not going to put my arms around God's neck or Christ's neck and you know, put my weight on him. He's on the cross. Right. Get up here and try. So I, I did that, and I, I, I hung around his neck. Now it's way too low to like get up and drink from his side. And he goes, put your feet on my feet. And now I'm kind of getting it. He's like, you know, you need to be completely and totally dependent on me to yeah. do this. And, of course, at that time, at that moment, I was perfectly able to, to drink. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I kind of drank and I pulled away, like, you know, sip, and then, like, that's enough. And he's like, Joe, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I, I said, I'm, I drank. He goes, no, you don't stop. This is, like, forever. You have to stay here and drink and drink and drink to do what I'm asking you to do. And it was just such a powerful gift, you know, in prayer, a, a grace, I would say, you know, in my life um, to be able to overcome this this difficulty of, of grieving you know mm-hmm. how do you stop how do you how do you give over this grieving and mm-hmm. it was just beautiful it was like lord i'm going to supply what you need wow do you so, often pray mm-hmm. in vision like that yeah i am a very imaginative prayer i have a lot i see a lot of stuff when i'm praying mm-hmm. that it's a, a kind of a gift my friend steve Wurtonen, yeah mm-hmm. we pray together and i go oh i got this this and this and i go what'd you get nothing most of the poor guy we all have gifts right but right. Yeah, I think one, one of God's gifts to me is like there's a lot of visual stuff going on in my prayer wow you, you know what's really cool about that how long have you been a priest father uh, 22 years so 22 years and the Lord is showing you new ways every day or in different seasons of your life Amen. to uh, to relate to him and to kind of give that new part of your yeah. life over to him to rely on him completely yeah and it's oh. also an, oh sorry please. no no I just I agree a hundred percent we're never too old to learn we, we we don't know everything yet right I was also just gonna say that it's also interesting how that growth comes through the pain mm. like the process like these painful processes often have that deep growth with them too yeah at IPF the Institute for Priestly Formation they teach you know pay attention acknowledge what you're feeling yeah acknowledge these thoughts feelings and desires they are going on. Bring them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's C.S. Lewis who says God uh, whispers to us in our pleasure and shouts to us in our pain. Yeah. Um, and, and just how... This is like, so wise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but, but no, there's incredible wisdom in that, yeah. right? I mean, he suffered the loss of his wife and kind of wrote about that profoundly. You're talking and about... painful the, death, the cancerous yeah. death, yeah. I didn't remember exactly what it was. She had cancer? Yeah. Yeah. But you're talking about this tragic loss of your sister and kind of the well, the pain that uh, yeah. that leaves you. A lot you. of hope has to die or dies when that happens. Hopes she was younger. She was a year younger than me. Yeah. And you know, so you have to wrestle with that. And uh, there's a lot of uh, you know um, unresolved uh, you know issues that you want to just take care of. Yeah. And God's like that's not going to happen unless you do it with me, right? The King of all time and space and eternity. He'll take care of it. We just got to participate with him yeah i i lost a brother when i was in seminary Mm. to uh really he had uh he had brain cancer Mm. and it was really just a really hard last year and so uh, i know what you mean that kind of like uh i don't know for me it it was just a little bit of distrust of god going Mm. through that or feeling like the closer i get to him the more i could get hurt the more Mm. i'm going to um, I, I don't know. I wasn't blaming, but there was a kind of kind of distancing of yeah. myself from him, and and seeing how that was an opportunity or an invitation for for me to trust him even in the midst of this. Right. There's that wonderful passage in Daniel where, um, uh, where the uh, I forget who it is, but they're being kind of you know mocked for for following the God of Israel. And uh, the guy says um, uh, that 
God can deliver me even from these these horrible tortures and horrible threats you're making, King. But even if not, mm-hmm. but if not, I will still be faithful. Mm-hmm. And I just think like that's what that's the invitation. I mean, that's when faith really becomes real. When we say, "Okay, Lord, even in the midst of this, I'm going to trust you because yeah. I have nowhere else to go." You're right, Daniel. It's like the pain. Mm-hmm. becomes a, an opening, a doorway, or a, some kind. Like it's a wounding that mm-hmm. opens you up to receive what God wants to do in you. But we got to be careful because we can become bitter. Right. right. How do you guys feel like you know God differently having experienced those chapters in your life? I, I, I'm amazed. You know, we, we see Jesus as being perfect. Yeah. But every human, emo- he lost his father, his, mm-hmm. his, his foster father. You know, right, he knows Joseph. everything yeah. we go through. And that he would share that with me from the cross and say, this is what you need to, to overcome what you're going through, because I know what you're going through. I went through it myself, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the beauty of just drawing. And, and the hu- he's so human. Sometimes we forget that, right? He overcame right. all of it, but he... He's, he's human, so he enters into us, through us, through our humanity. Yeah. I think of it as, um, you know, as I grow, have grown, and continue to grow in faith, it's just a, a matter of seeing that Jesus is with me in every circumstance and in every moment. And something like that, something of kind of the pain and suffering, and just seeing how that affects so many other people, because often the most painful thing is seeing how pain affects other people, mm. right? right? Like things you can't do Absolutely. anything about. So my brother and his wife, her suffering through it and their daughter suffering through it and my parents and all that, seeing that. Um, just to know that like God came to redeem this situation too. And it's not just when everything's working out fine or when things are neat and clean, but Jesus breaks into all of our brokenness and all the the pain and suffering of the world because he wants his love to me to be made present in that moment as well. So to me, it's a kind of, um, I don't know, cracking the facade mm-hmm. of Jesus is there in the good times to see that like Christ wants me to depend on him. Even He's not in, afraid even in of darkness. pain. He's not afraid to use pain, to redeem pain, to, to bring it to some, you know, a friend of mine, she always says, uh, God makes it better than if it never happened. Mm. Yeah. That's redemption. Thanks and that God. takes faith. Right? Right. It takes faith to say it's better than if this had not happened. Yeah, because it, in the midst of it, or even afterwards, to say how can this be really good, or how could this have brought about better than if it if it hadn't? Yeah, that's beautiful. What one little thing? I I don't want to make this about me, but the uh, it the, can uh, be probably <laughs> will be. <laughs> it's um, all right. We're having a conversation. This is a conversation. But but seeing my, my brother go through it, you know, I shared things with him as he got weaker and suffered ah. and closer to death. I have six brothers, and, like, most of the time we relate through, like, teasing and... Um, like yeah. horseplay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Horseplay or, like, you know... love, uh, affection, and aggression. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, you know, poking fun at each other. Yeah. Um, uh, that was an opportunity to share my heart with him, yeah. for him to share his heart. I mean, we talked about things that probably if we had grown old together for, you know, another 50 years, we wouldn't have said to each other, mm-hmm. just expressing kind of our love for each other as brothers. Um, so I, I see that as a, a rich gift the Lord gave me. Thanks be to God. That is awesome. 
So, Father Joe, you're the director of Priestly Vocation. Yes, I am. What does that mean? Uh, it means I try to encourage uh, young men to look at their life through the prism of vocation, not just you know trying to find out what I'm going to do in life, but what God is calling me to be. What is God's will? And so we do that in many ways. We put on programming mm-hmm. uh, weekends, overnights, but I also go to schools. And I do mass, uh, say mass, invite them to explore this, you know, at their school level. Uh, and then I, I do a lot of just interviewing, talking to the guys, trying to, you know, bring them to a place of prayer and discernment. Do you like doing all that? Oh, I love it. Yeah. What, what has been your favorite response from a school kid thus far? Well, we have these seventh graders, right? That come in, and uh, so every seventh grader in the archdiocese, every in, single one, uh, like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. No, no, no. But in the uh, all of in our the Catholic great schools, schools, right? Yeah. So send kids to the seminary. Uh, not everyone, because some don't respond. But we do but a lot. Get do. Men, yeah. Mm-hmm. So every year we have about fifteen hundred kids. Can we come call through. out those schools that don't respond here <laughs> on the air? Right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah, and so one of the one of the boys, they go on a tour, and yeah. they. Uh-huh came back and wrote us a note. Uh, thank you. Uh, we realize priests are just like everyone else. They like to drink. <gasps> like, what? Because we have the, the aubergues upstairs. There's, it's a, like pub pizza. Here, There's right? a pub here, yeah. yeah, it's a speakeasy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was like, oh, darn, that's what you're taking home. All <laughs> that's right. all right. That's and, cool. And, and, and we have girls come too, right? So they there's a, a, a women's section that, that they yeah. come in. The sisters talk to them. And the one girl must not have heard correctly. And she said, I learned many new things. And one thing I learned is that the sisters wear something called a hatchet <laughs> instead of a habit. <laughs> you know, like, okay, uh, there we you, go. You never know when that's going to come <laughs> in know, handy. Like, things kids and say. it could just be right. part of their habit. It's like, under the rosary. In a charism. Yes, like. it's a charism. <laughs> da- hatchet charism. Danielle, did you ever think about uh, yeah, like religious life? Yeah, I did. In, when I was in high school, yeah. Wow. Did you meet yeah. nuns when you were younger? Or Actually, you were a part of that story. What? Because you were at my parents' train, church yeah. when I was a kid. And so, yeah, there was a... There was, I, th- I didn't see you'll been... never make it, did I? I didn't <laughs> say that. <laughs> and oh, here no. I am, a lay Don't person. Do it, kid. Thanks. <laughs> Don't um, do it. You'll never make it. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. Friends. Um, it was, it was, I would have been around, I think, the Feast of St. Therese, which is the patroness. Yes. October 1. Uh huh. And I think, I think. And, uh, and you said, and so you talked about her story, and you were like, and maybe God is invite like you. You were kind of like. Can you do like, it in a Father Joe voice? Sorry, I can't. Oh, okay. All right, you were like, <laughs> I'll do my best. No, no, this is it. This is all you got. Um, you were kind of like, I'm not saying that God is calling you to a vocation, but I am saying He might be inviting you. And what would you say to His invitation? Something oh. like that. It was really, but it was really good, and it just kind of changed my perspective. Youthful a vigor bit. of the priest. Yeah. So if you, if there's anyone like listening right now whom like I hope what is someone that? listening right now <laughs> it's just my mom <laughs> 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 she has her vocation and my mom doesn't know what a podcast is so she's not listening. okay um so like if someone's listening and they're like i don't know i might feel a call to the priesthood like what does that usually look like when when like people start discerning their call i think definitely uh there's something outside of themselves right drawing them, drawing them mm-hmm. to serve, to give, to offer their life in a different way. I don't think it takes a lot of like particular forms. It just is they're not satisfied with what's going on in their life right now. They're being called to more. They don't know where, how, but God is leading them, you know, towards his heart, which is always service, mission, you know, giving yourself. So um, I think it's the beginning of, of that. And this, this 
being dissatisfied with how I'm giving myself right now. I need to do more or give more. Somehow I'm being called to, to, to answer that. You know, we're always talking about being joyful missionary disciples, right? That's one of our like little phrases that is in Unleash the Gospel all the time. And right, right. sometimes I tell people, if you're not sick of that phrase yet, it means you haven't heard it Even enough. Even under right? a rock. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we want to drive that home as kind yeah. of a, uh, an attitude to have. And I think, you know, for a priest, it's so important to have that mindset. But for a young person considering a call to uh, to be open to a call to priesthood or religious life means you have to be a disciple first and foremost because you have to be mm-hmm. listening to the Lord, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think of a call to the priesthood as a particular way Jesus invites some to be his joyful missionary disciples. Exactly. But how do you get there? How right. do you become a disciple? And again, this encounter with Jesus, you know, central to what we're trying to do to bring them to a relationship with Jesus. That's the only real way to discover who you are. I always tell the kids when they come, the seventh graders, you have to start with knowing who you are as a beloved son, beloved daughter of God the Father. You can't respond if you don't know who you are. And then secondly, get to know Jesus. And then lastly, commit to following him. Those are the three kind of pushes that we Give the young kids. So, so let's go through that again. Uh, to be a beloved son or daughter. Right, of to the know father. your identity. You won't know your vocation if you don't know who you are. It's so mm. very important. So, beloved sons, beloved be- daughters. Because so many people are trying to give us a different identity. Well, right? see, we want to like, live out of our doing. Yeah. I want to be a nurse, a lawyer, a doctor. You know, that's not who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. You are beloved daughters and sons. Yeah. That's where we start. Mm hmm. And, and get ready for the old man social media rant here. But like, like wow. you go, you go on ready. Instagram or whatever, and like there's all these images coming at you saying, this is your identity. This is what you should be, right? right? This is how you need to kind of like, quote unquote, market yourself mm-hmm. so that you can show this one particular side of who you are. So you can make, uh, you can put this identity forward. Or in so many ways, like you have to create your own identity. Mm-hmm. We see this with people who have kind of a, an idea of I have to figure out what gender I am, right? Starting mm-hmm. from a neutral point of view, and kind of like the, the confusion and the, the challenge that uh, sows into someone's life of like I have to decide, you know, out of nowhere what my identity is um, instead of receiving it, you, right? You, so you receiving re- it from the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So the it's knowing who you are, yeah. right, beloved sons. Then to to nurture, to nourish, to develop a relationship with Jesus. That, that's the, if you know who you are, then he's the one that's going to lead you to the Father. He's the one that's going to, you know, reveal all that the Father wants you to do. So you have to know him. You have to get to know him. So prayer, discernment, going to Mass, sacramental graces, you know, all the things that we need to be able to get to know Jesus and develop that, rela- you know, enrich it, you know, deepen it. And then, we'll so no, let's just stay on that for a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah, go um, for it. It's your show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, um, but uh, nourishing that uh, relationship is, uh, in for me as well, is seeing how other people hmm. are living it as well. Right. That's where community is so right. important to to be around other people who are seeking to live that out as well. And maybe seeing like priests who are models, right, and being like, oh, yeah. that could be me, you know. I guess a priest is just like everybody else. <laughs> like, 
But uh, which I mean, like yeah. that was kind of we joked about that. But I remember I was uh, I was giving a talk at a confirmation class a few months ago, and I was with a priest, and um, and we had like this this opportunity for like the kids to ask the priest questions, and like maybe I mentioned this on the podcast. They wrote like like Have you ever played tag? <laughs> <laughs> tell, one was, tell me about like, this tag <laughs> you speak of. What one was? Did you grow up in a church? Not like. Did you grow yeah. up in like the church, but yeah. like your parents? Right. Hello, oh, no. raise raise this child for us. Okay, bye. Here's like, <laughs> <the> certificate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but but those are actually like real questions, you yeah. know. And I bet you have priests in your life who you look to, and you're like, oh, these are real people. So yeah. what did that look like for you? For myself? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I remember uh, being like in awe and terror at the same time <laughs> Father Paul would preach and he was a balding man Father and Henry Harry, and Harry Paul Harry yeah Paul. and his the the veins in his head when he started <laughs> preaching would start to throb and like <laughs> it just like you'd see this sort sort of like seething preaching you know man and uh, it was you know like empowering and exciting but also it was like terrifying like sure. this guy has power yeah. and so you did think that he was different but then he and father andrew would come to our house uh, and father andrew um he would come to eat the food you would put out, but Father Harry would work on the TV set. He was like some kind of a like he knew how to fix little like machines and stuff. So we had him over fixing, and the whole time Father um, Andrew Andrew was eating our, eating the food while he's under the 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 the, the TV. You know, so uh, yeah. normal people. Yeah, they came in jeans. You know, they were yeah. normal people. Work yeah. clothes. I thought, oh, they're real. Was Just like when you see the nun's hair for the first time, and you feel like you're gonna, you know, burn for seeing it. Like this is not right, <laughs> yeah. and then you realize, oh, they're, I, they're human. Hello. I, I don't have that point of reference. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I. Yeah. When I was younger, there was a priest, and just an older priest. So I'll mention too. Yeah. The first I went to St. Lawrence School, and Father Frank Burns was oh, the yeah. pastor, and he retired when at the end of my first grade year and wow this is an early memory yeah he came and had a grilled cheese sandwich with us on the playground oh my god because he kind of did that with like every class as his farewell tour and i just remember thinking like this guy is a mountain right i thought he was like (laughs) seven feet tall he was a tall guy was he so uh and i just remember like Thinking that he took time, he yeah. you know, he reached out yeah. to us. It was beautiful. And then uh, as I got a little bit older into middle school, there was a priest, Father Val Rakowski, who was a um, an older, older priest. And he would tear up every time he offered Mass. Mm. So when he'd say the words, this is my body, this is my blood, mm. you could see he was not speaking it from like just reading it off a page. He He was speaking it with like every fiber of his mm-hmm. being. And um, that left a deep, deep impression of holiness on me mm. and a deep desire to to imitate him. How can, and I know we have a third point and we're not to it yet, but yeah. like I also want to just keep on this one because sure. it seems great. It's, your, it's tr- your show, Daniel. <laughs> it's our show. Oh, oh, we're yeah. sharing it. Um, friends. Yeah, friends. <laughs> so how can the church as a whole encourage vocations, right? Because you're talking about like the holy example of good priests, which I think is crucial, but... You know, most probably most listeners are not priests. So how do we encourage vocations in our friends, in our peers, that kind of thing? Especially 
in this time of like lots, yeah. of, lots of crisis and right. you know just seeing a lot of brokenness of the priesthood with uh, with Cardinal McCarrick's it's sins a hot being mess. We can just say that. It, yeah. you know mm-hmm. kind of yeah. held up and lots of other people's brokenness. But there's something about that crisis which is a purifying fire. Mm-hmm. Right? You you can't bring vocations into a wounded church and expect that that the big blessing, right? Mm. But God is purifying the church and so he is going to draw, I really believe yeah. the archbishop with this, you know, his unleash the gospel, it is going to cause a a firestorm of 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 interest. Like like I want to be part of this. I want to be in this renewed church. And then you know the Holy Spirit's going to say, well, I've got all these people I've got to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, I need these vocations mm-hmm. to come forward, and that that'll be called out of the people. So you know, as horrible and as painful it is for us priests to go through this and the laity. Mm-hmm. The Lord is making room in the church for new vocations. This is what's happening. I really believe this purifying fire is making room. Like, you know, forest fire in California. Yeah. It'll burn, but then new growth, tons of new growth, new trees, new everything. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, uh, you know, I went to Yellowstone a few years ago and sat through a ranger talk like I was five years old. But it, it <laughs> I was bet great. I learned a lot. I did. I loved it. See? And they talked about the forest so fires, that the acorns or the, the pine cones yeah. only open... Under extreme yeah. heat, oh, so they won't Certain open pine this new light. Don't grow, can't release because right. you're right. The fire opens up the the cone and it can shoot out the seeds. So it's only through that extreme heat and purification that this new life is possible. Yeah, the seeds of faith will be planted. Yeah, yeah, I, I really believe it, and you can see it. There's not a dim, like a lot of the priests were saying. Do you see a drop off? You know, are there any vocations? No, there's a, uh, there's a lit. I might have like 65, 70 people I'm tracking, mm-hmm. you know, in my files and stuff, trying to bring them closer, bring them in that are very interested in in, in like exploring their vocation. They're at different levels of, sure. of commitment, but they're. I mean, that's 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 not chump changers. There's people out there wanting to to come in. And if this purification does nothing else, it very clearly says. Unless your motivation for being a priest is about bringing souls to Jesus. Isn't that the truth? There is no other Why reason to pursue Why would you do this? Why would you right? open yourself to that kind there's of suffering? There's no social status. Mm-hmm. Or Not there's anymore. No I mean, it used to be we'd have this uh, you know, undeserved credibility, right. Right? unearned. Mm-hmm. Now it's like you know, you're, you're lucky to go through the mall unscathed with you know, people looking right. at you or judging, mm-hmm. which yeah. this is, again— you gotta let that wound bleed out. Kind of mm-hmm. let the, the the sickness get out of there, and you know we will heal. We will heal. And, and it's a way. I know we're doing a lot of the talking here, Danielle. It's Sorry. fine. You guys are both priests. But, I like hearing it. But it's a way for us. I think about it as, you know, I received a lot of unearned credibility because of the goodwill stored up by good priests in previous mm. generations. I think, you know, as that changes or that's different for other people, I see it as kind of being part of the body of Christ to have to endure the undeserved uh, skepticism or anger um, mm-hmm. that's a result of people being hurt by priests, either directly or wounded through others. So um, I think it's well, part, like, part of the cross. We, right. Not, right. You know, not, not, to, be, not, not to be about, about us, but it's part of the cross the church has to carry now. Um, through this time of purification. Absolutely. You had a third point, Father Yeah, uh, so Father Joe. Um, the last is to commit to following him. You have to follow Therein Jesus. Therein lies the discipleship. Yeah. If you don't decide to follow him, what are you doing? 
right? Yeah. Who are you following? What are you following? So you got to know Jesus. You have to know who you are, and then you have to follow. Is it worth it? Yeah. You mean the pay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the discipleship, oh, the yeah. priesthood. I mean, I've never been happier, Steve. I don't know about you, Father Steve. I, I've never been happier. I, I can't imagine being happier doing something else. And that's not a, a you know platitude. That's uh-huh. I'm, I really believe that. Yeah, you know, if Jesus is calling you to a priestly or religious vocation, it takes an act of faith. It takes a, a bit of courage, um, but there is nothing you'll be more filled with joy doing than what Christ asks you to do. And I can't imagine a better life than being a priest. Thanks be to God. Amen. Father Joe, before we finish, we always ask our guest if you have a last word or any kind of uh, anything you want to leave. If there's our anyone out with. there thinking about a vocation. Uh, one of the things I would like to just put out there, you'll never have 100% certainty, mm-hmm. right? You, it takes an act of faith. Father Steve was saying that. And so to, to, to build that trust in your, your the love that God has for you, the love that Jesus has for you, let that trust build up to a point where you can like go with him, that you can trust him. Though you may not be 100% certain. People come to the seminary, and they don't become priests. They, they came because they're discerning. You don't have to, you know, be sure you're going to be a priest. There's discernment that happens here, uh, and it's a great help, you know, to them. So don't be afraid. Uh, you don't have to be 100% certain, but you have to be, you know, fairly, fairly uh, trusting that God is leading you. And, you know, good things will come from that, always good things. Man, I'm so glad Father Joe joined us in the Open Door Policy Studio. Just got to talk about some really funny and joyful things, some beautiful and deep things with his sister, with vocations to the priesthood, and with his love of the cars. And once again, before we say goodbye, if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends, your neighbors, your relatives, your Trader Joe cashier. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is at Open Door Detroit. Help us unleash the gospel. Open Door Policy was produced by Ron Pangborn and the creative team of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Is it worth it? You mean the pay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy. 